During the past week, Pam Padgett, a member of the Body of Christ, and I have had calls to be out more where we encountered individuals. There was only one person who did not identify himself to us as a Christian, and he was the only person who didn't trouble us. All the ones calling themselves Christians were great trouble to us. They were Antichrist people. They thought they were Christians, but God showed me they are like vermin. I don't believe I've ever used the name word vermin before. I'm not, I wasn't even sure what it was, but God did give me an open vision about vermin who are the Christians who come to me saying, Jesus is Lord, but they aren't of God. They put themselves in the church, but they are not of the Spirit of God and do not have the Spirit of God, and God is not teaching them. That's the problem. Pam said after these encounters, she even felt unclean by one of the men who came to work, do some work at the house on June 19. God gave me an open vision about these Antichrist Christians. In the vision, it's like I saw these things crawling out from every wall around me. And they were creeping and crawling and slithering and coming toward me and I was sitting in the middle of the room and they were coming in waves. They come calling themselves as Christians and they spout their own doctrines and sometimes just evil sayings. One man who came here to do some extermination for us, he said, well, you can always hope that the mice leave your house and go to some neighbor who you hate. And I said, well, I don't have any neighbor that I hate. Later, I told this man he shouldn't be telling people he's a Christian when he comes speaking things like that. I pointed out James chapter 1 to him. If you don't know how to bridle your tongue, your religion is vain. And he thinks he has a lot of religion even telling me that he was going out and doing ministry trips. When I asked him how he knew to do that, how did God show him to do those ministry trips, he couldn't answer me. He's just like the countless numbers who come to me saying they are ministers. They are going to build a, an orphanage. They are going to build an old folks home. They are going to build hospitals. They're going to give Bibles to every person who comes to their meeting. And they say, give me money to pay for my works. I do not give them money because I know the works they're doing are their works and not God's works. Because every time God has told me to do something, the money has been there for me to do the work. And they can't tell me how they're hearing to do it. They can't tell me anything that is leading them from God to believe that they are to do this ministry work. And I can't even see that this man was a Christian. He has no evidence of being a Christian, though he sure talked a lot about it. 
and quoted scripture. God reminded Pam the other day that even the devil can quote scripture. We had a uh, car salesman when we were looking for a new car, and he just began quoting scripture immediately to us. Later, Pam thought, well, maybe this guy is a Christian. And God said to her, the devil can quote scripture, Matthew chapter 4. We can't afford to let them deceive us if we'll pay attention to God and quit trying to follow our flesh and quit trying to justify the evil person who comes to us in the name of the Lord calling themselves a Christian. If we'll just quit trying to justify them and make them feel good about themselves, we will be able, or we should be able to walk separate from their deceptions. For in the last days, there is much deception, and many come saying, Jesus is Lord, and deceive many. And Jesus said in Matthew 24, Take heed, pay attention to what they say, and let no man deceive you. For many will come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and will deceive many. Matthew 24. In his day, the Apostle Paul said, Titus chapter 1, There are many unruly and vain talkers and deceivers, especially they of the circumcision of the Jews, the Jews who said they were Christians. Paul said, Whose mouths must be stopped, who subvert whole houses, teaching things which they ought not to teach, for filthy lucre's sake. Today they come to us calling themselves Christians. In Paul's day, they were Jews. They are like the whited sepulchers described by Jesus in Matthew 23. Verse 27, Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites! For ye are like unto whited sepulchres, which indeed appear beautiful outward, but are within full of dead men's bones and of all uncleanness. Even so ye also outwardly appear righteous unto men, but within ye are full of hypocrisy and iniquity. And that's what these Antichrist Christians are. They look good. They even can sound good. But they're full of hypocrisy and iniquity. And they're not being taught by God. They are Antichrist in the church. I'm going to say woe is unto us if we take them in and let them breed in our company, spreading their words to us and planting their words into our hearts. They will infest us and all who come in contact with them. I see them crawling at me from under every baseboard, from under every wall, coming directly toward me as a mass infestation. If you look at the writing 
on our blog, Jesus Ministries Exhortations, on this subject. Pam Paget has done a graphic illustration showing exactly what this open vision that God gave me concerning Antichrist Christians looks like. It is shocking. I hope you will go to our blog and look at this. Go to Jesus Ministries Exhortation, click on Podcast on the right-hand side of the homepage, pull up the exhortation or the podcast that says, Vision Given by God of Vermin in the Churches Today. For in the writing, Pam has put this graphic illustration of the vision which I had from God on this subject. It's very meaningful. When I see them, these Antichrist Christians, I take swift action. They usually reveal themselves rather quickly as to what they really are when we will listen to their talk and when we are willing to see the warning signs which they post with their words, with their own words. God discusses this in the following scripture. Numbers 33, verses 55 and 56. But if ye will not drive out the inhabitants of the land from before you, then it shall come to pass that those which ye let remain of them shall be pricks in your eyes and thorns in your sides and shall vex you in the land wherein ye dwell. I had a woman in our church group who vexed me and troubled me every time she opened her mouth for 39 years. Finally, I saw the scripture in Titus chapter 3. After the first and second admonition, reject them. So I put her and others away from me and just stopped trying to talk to them. I didn't give them any more teachings. I didn't give them any more scripture. God removed this one woman in a very interesting way. I had fallen and had very serious surgery. I broke left hip and left wrist. My wrist was turned totally backward and they had to do reconstructive surgery on my left wrist when I fell. I was um, out of surgery and I opened my eyes and standing at the foot of my bed I saw this woman who'd been in our church group 39 years and had troubled me so much. I saw her standing at the foot of my bed. She was wearing a bright red a big shirt with blue jeans, and she frequently wore red. This was her. And she was standing there at the foot of my hospital bed. She looked directly at me. She did not say a word. She stood there for a few seconds, and then she turned around and just walked through the wall and disappeared. I thought I was having a drug-induced vision until... About two weeks later, I was in 
one of the rehab centers. I was in rehab hospitals for two and a half months at that time. I was in one of the rehab hospitals. She came to my room. She sat down and she said, I do not care about anyone or anything anymore. She said, I don't care about Bible, I don't read the blog, and I don't care about any person. I was shocked. And I said to her, but what's going to happen to you if you go this way? She said to me, I don't want to talk to you about this. She got up and went into the bathroom that's in my room, and about the same time, a nurse's aide came into my room. I called out to Sandra, and I said, Sandra, don't leave until I talk to you again, until the nurse's aide leaves. But while the nurse's aide was there, I saw Sandra open the bathroom door and sneak out of my room, and I never saw her again. Later, I did talk to her by phone, and uh, after I'd moved to, no, I, I, well, it doesn't matter where I was, I talked to her by phone, and she said she realized she had no mercy at all toward me. I was totally helpless at that time. I couldn't even get up to go to the bathroom. I said to her, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Because God showed me you were going to disappear. He gave me a vision showing me you were going to disappear. And for 39 years, I've tried to help you, and you've been nothing but trouble to me. I'm glad you're gone. I'm relieved. You were a terrible burden to me during those 39 years. One time we went to hunt a light fixture for her house. She had moved to Lubbock because I lived in Lubbock. She just kind of followed me around. She asked me if I would go with her to look for a light fixture, and I said, yeah, I'll meet you at the lighting store, which I did. En route to the lighting store, I prayed that we would find a lighting fixture quickly because I didn't want to have to go all over Lubbock hunting a lighting fixture for her house. When we opened the door to the lighting company, I immediately saw a fixture that I thought would be wonderful in her dining room. I just went over and sat at the counter and waited for her as she looked for fixtures. She came to me after maybe 20 minutes or so, and I said, well, did you find something you like? And she said, no. I turned and pointed to the fixture I had seen when we entered the shop. And I said, well, that one I think might work. And she looked at it and said, oh, it would work. And she went over and examined it carefully and then bought it. As we left the shop, I said to her, did you pray about this before we came to look at these fixtures? She, in a very coy way, said, no, because I knew you would. That's the story of her. She's not with us today. Looking once again at this scripture in Numbers 33. If ye will not drive out the inhabitants of the land from before you, if you will not drive out these Antichrist Christians, 
who have not the Spirit of God. Then it shall come to pass that those which ye let remain of them shall be pricks in your eyes and thorns in your sides and shall vex you in the land wherein ye dwell. That will happen. In this case with this one woman, several times I put her out of the church. But then I would let my flesh feel like I'll feel sorry for her, and I'd let her back in, and I'd put her out. I'd let her back in. This went on for years. Finally, it was over. The encounters we have with these Antichrist Christians, the brief encounters, when they just cross our path like the bug exterminator man did the other day, these brief encounters, they are slimy, horrible, unclean things as they come in the name of the Lord, calling themselves Christians. This past week, I told this uh, one man who came to work at the house who had told me, just hope that the mice go to a neighbor's house that you hate, a neighbor that you hate. And I told him I didn't have any neighbors I hated. That man, I told him, you should never identify yourself as a Christian speaking the things that come out of your mouth which you spoke to us. You should never identify yourself as a Christian. It's horrible for you to say you're a Christian and say these things to us. Jesus warned in the last days, Take heed that no man deceive you. Don't just sit there and take them in because they say they're a Christian. Jesus says, take heed that no man deceive you. Watch them. Pay attention. Stay alert. For many shall come in my name in the last day saying, I am Christ. They will come saying they are Christians and shall deceive many. Let Take heed, Jesus says, that no man deceive you. Jesus said, be wise as serpents, but harmless as doves. It's not that I'm wanting to harm these people, but I don't want them around me. Who wants a snake around them? Which person wants vermin around them? If we let them talk a bit, and we really listen... Usually they identify themselves by something they say, and we know it's wrong. Don't excuse them away. Don't say they're having a bad day. Don't say they have, just haven't learned that concept. God's not teaching them. This is the key. We're being taught by God. We who belong to God and really belong to God, we're taught by God. We're taught from the minute we're born again by God, by His Spirit. We are taught by God. They are not. They put themselves in the church by going forward and being baptized and joining the church. But they don't have the spirit. If we look at Jude, we will see this. Let's start at verse 3. Jude says, Beloved, when I gave all diligence to write unto you of the common salvation... It was needful for me to write unto you and exhort you 
that ye should earnestly contend for the faith which was once delivered unto the saints. For there are certain men crept in unawares, who before of old were ordained to this condemnation. Ungodly men, turning the grace of our God into lasciviousness. That's exactly what I've seen preachers do over and over. That's exactly what this man did who came to our house on July 19th. He came, they come in the name of Jesus. They say they're ministers. They're all over the place. But they turn the grace of God into lasciviousness. I was at a church in Clovis, New Mexico. Well, I was trying to find a church to attend. It was a Wednesday night. About 200 people were in the congregation. The preacher began speaking about the woman taken in adultery, John 8. He said that when she was brought before Jesus, she was naked from the waist up. I was shocked. I turned around and looked at the people in the congregation. Not one of them picked up a Bible. I didn't see one of them pick up a Bible to check what that pastor said. On the faces of the men in the congregation, I saw lustful grins on their faces. They could imagine this woman naked, this naked woman. It doesn't even say that in John 8. It doesn't say a thing about the woman being brought before Jesus being naked. That pastor just made it up. It was spicy and enticed the men in his congregation. One of the men was, um, I knew him from some con concrete work he'd done for me. I talked to him after this and told him what had happened. He was sitting there and he didn't notice. I told him, I said, this is what that pastor said and it's not in the Bible. Later he told me, he said, I asked that pastor why he said that. He said, oh, I don't know, it just came into my mind. He didn't feel sorry about it. He didn't repent. Antichrist does not repent. Antichrist does not repent. I used to wonder, why don't they feel grief when they teach something wrong? I certainly would feel grief. They don't feel grief because they're Antichrist. They're all over. I have run into it many times. I called that pastor the next day, and I told him I had been in his service the night before. I told him, I said, I can't find any place in the Bible that says that woman was brought before the people naked from the waist up, as you taught. And I said, I'd like to know where that is in the Bible. He got very quiet, and then he said, I just can't remember where it is. I replied, well, it's really important to me to know. So would you please look it up and tell your secretary where it is and have her call me and tell me? He said, all right, it's not in the Bible. Where do you go to church? Well, the point was I was trying to find one to attend but I'm not going to attend a church where the pastor lies and makes up things. See, they show no shame, no grief. If you will read Revelation 16, there are two scriptures that tell of this type of thing 
during the Great Tribulation, even though the plagues came upon them, they blasphemed God and did not repent, showing no sorrow, really. They did not repent of their works and their evil deeds. Well, they don't repent. I've never seen one of these Antichrist people repent. I've never seen one of them say, I'm so sorry, I shouldn't have said that, and show real grief. Not once have I ever seen one of them repent. Continuing to hunt a church in Clovis, New Mexico, that I could attend, I went to a little non-denominational church on a Sunday morning. Pastor was teaching about Sarah and Hagar from Genesis 21, and he said Sarah and Hagar, the handmaiden, were half-sisters. I was shocked. I've never read that in the Bible. I went home and read all the passage in Genesis about Sarah and Hagar. And there was not one word about them being half-sisters. She was an Egyptian handmaiden to Sarah. I called him the next day and told him I had been in his service Sunday morning when he said this, and I couldn't find it in the Bible. And I asked him if he would... I said, where is that in the Bible? And he said the same thing the other pastor said. He got real quiet, and then he said, well, I just can't remember where it is. I told him, I really need to know where it is. And I asked him, will you please look it up and have your secretary call me and tell me where it is? Because, see, he wasn't saying it isn't in the Bible. He said, I can't remember where it is. So I was asking him to look it up and tell his secretary and have her call me. When I said that to him, he got very quiet, just like the other preacher did. And then he yelled out, All right, it's not in the Bible. Of course, I never went back to either of those churches. It's everywhere. It's everywhere. It's happening most likely in the church you attend. You are not paying attention. You say, oh, it's not happening in my church. Oh, really? Well, let's examine your church. Matthew 5, 32. Jesus says in Matthew 5, 32, the man who marries a divorced woman commits adultery. Now, is that what they're teaching at your church? Or are you seeing the pastor perform wedding ceremonies at the church where men marry divorced women? If you are seeing that, that's Antichrist at your church. Another thing you can examine it by is there are multiple scriptures in the New Testament saying that if a divorced woman remarries, she commits adultery. I can give you references on that uh, easily. Uh, Matthew chapter 5, verse 32. It's repeated in Romans chapter 7, verses 1 through 3. In 1 Corinthians 7, I'm doing this just as the Holy Spirit is calling it to my attention. 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verses 10 and 11. Let not the wife depart from her husband, but and if she depart, 
let her remain unmarried or be reconciled to her husband and let not the man put away his wife. It's throughout the New Testament several times. Mark chapter 10, Jesus says, the man who divorces his wife and marries another commits adultery against his wife. The woman who divorces her husband and marries another commits adultery against her husband. It's throughout the New Testament. Is that what they're teaching at the church you attend? Why not? If not, why not? Why aren't you hearing this? Well, preachers want big crowds. Big crowds give more money. Big crowds make preachers feel like they're more important. They want a lot of people to come to their church. Therefore, there are certain things that will cause people to be offended, and I know nothing that causes more offense than the subject of adultery. John the Baptist was beheaded by Herod because he spoke of adultery. They get furious when you speak of adultery. Pam Paget uh, was attending a non-denominational church after she left the Catholic Church. She went to a non-denominational church in Oklahoma where she lived at the time. In the singles class, there was a woman looking for a husband. She found a man that they planned to get married. But this woman had been divorced. Pam went to this woman and read the scriptures to her concerning if she remarried after divorce, she would commit adultery. The woman said to Pam, I don't care what the Bible says. Pam was shocked. Here's a person attending church who doesn't care what the Bible says. Well, apparently, the preachers don't care either because they perform the ceremonies. Pam went to the man who was going to marry this divorced woman, and she told him that if he married her, he would commit adultery according to the Bible, and she gave him the scripture. He said, well, I'll think about it, but he continued with the plans for the marriage. Pam went to the woman who was going to be maid of honor and told her. And the maid of honor woman said she knew it would be adultery, but they would marry anyway, so she was going to go ahead and be the maid of honor. There's a scripture which says, Be not partaker of other men's sin. Keep yourself pure. Well, none of these people are following the Bible. What does that tell us? They're antichrist in the churches. They won't follow the scripture. We read in Titus chapter 3, after the first and second admonition, just reject them. They are condemned of themselves. So just walk away from them. You can't turn them. After that, Pam didn't go to the singles class, but she did go to the 11 o'clock church service. She came to the service and sat down where the singles usually sit, but they didn't show up. She glanced around, and they were sitting a few rows behind her. So the next week, she sat where the new, the new place where the singles sit. They moved back to the place where she had been the previous week. The third day, the third Sunday, she went and sat down beside the singles group. Every one of them, without a word, got up 
and move to another place in the sanctuary. Pam cried out to God, What have I done wrong? They obviously don't want anything to do with me. What have I done wrong? Sometime after that, a woman in that church group came to Pam and said, I have a message from God for you. He wants you to know that you did right when you talked to the people in the singles class. And he wants you to know you did the right thing. He knows what these people did against you. This is what goes on at church. You better examine your situation very carefully. I can't even find a church to go to. I've tried in several cities. Every time I go to one of them, they're doing something that's wrong and I have to confront the pastor. And nobody ever repents. I've never had a pastor repent. Antichrist. Antichrist. Revelation chapter 16. The plagues have come upon the earth. It is the great tribulation. And it says, They gnawed their tongues for pain because the kingdom was full of darkness. And they blasphemed the God of heaven because of their pains and their sores and repented not of their deeds. That's verse 11. And there is another passage in the same chapter. Let me find it. It's attached to the fourth plague. The fourth angel poured out his vial upon the sun. This is verse 8. And power was given unto him to scorch men with fire. And men were scorched with great heat and blasphemed the name of God, which hath power over these plagues. And they repented not to give him glory. And they repented not. They don't repent. That's what I have seen at this period of time for the last 20 years when I have gone to pastors over things they have taught wrong at church, and I've heard them. They don't repent. They have no sorrow. They are antichrist. And if you sit there with them, you're responsible also. Why? You didn't check the Bible to see if that which they're teaching is wrong, right. You didn't check. Well, the Bereans were more noble than the Thessalonians, Acts chapter 17, because when Paul came and preached to them, they searched the scriptures to see if what Paul said was true. And it said, because they searched the scriptures, many of them believed Paul. See, you're not doing it if you're sitting there and they're doing wrong things at your church. I was visiting with my favorite aunt who's been Church of Christ member all her life. She's no longer living. And as I sat and talked to her, the Holy Spirit said to me, tell her about being taken into heaven. Well, I didn't want to do that. Church of Christ people, I've never heard them be very open to supernatural experiences. But I knew it was the Holy Spirit leading me, so I said, Aunt Artis, after I was born again, something happened to me. I 
in the night I was transported into heaven, I was with God, Christ, and the Holy Spirit. And at that time, I was merged into the body of Jesus with God and the Holy Spirit witnessing. As I told her this story, I noticed she had kind of a dreamy look on her face. And then I told her the same thing happened to me a second time, a few days after the first time. And she said, something like that happened to me once. And it was all golden. And I knew she had had this special anointing from God. Everybody was afraid of her, but I never was. Everybody, my mother and all of my mother's sisters, they'd say, oh, what will artists think about this? She was the gold standard in religion for them. She had that experience, but she stayed in the Church of Christ. Before she died, she told me, I know things are wrong at the church. She didn't leave. After she died, God gave me a dream about this situation. In the dream, I went into a room and there was a long row of baby bassinets. I walked down the row to look at the babies. I was so shocked. I looked in the first bassinet. The baby was horribly deformed. I look into the second bassinet. The baby was horribly deformed. In every bassinet down the road, the babies were terribly deformed. At the end of the row of bassinets stood my aunt, my favorite aunt. She was about 40 years old. She was fully grown. But she had horrible spots and blemishes on her face. She knew things were wrong at the church. She did not leave. You can't stay there. And the baby bassinets, I'm sure, are people who went to that church or some church and they remained as babies, being not fed. They remained as babies and they were horribly deformed by polluted doctors. Horribly deformed. That's what's going on. Antichrist is rampant in the churches today, both the Catholic Church and the Protestant churches. Antichrist in the churches. It's rampant. There's no way you can stay in that type of thing and fail to be polluted. You're going to be polluted if you are around people who are polluted. You can't do it. We'll close with the thing that Paul said in 1 Corinthians, I believe it was in verse 15, uh, chapter 15. Let's see what it, really what it was. It is 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 33. Be not deceived. Evil communications corrupt good manners. Awake to righteousness and sin not, for some have not the knowledge of God. This is Joan Boney speaking. Once more, I want to encourage you to go to see the graphic illustration that Pam Paget put on 
this podcast in writing on our blog. It will shock you. When I saw it, I burst out laughing. When I told Pam about the vermin that God had shown me in the open vision, the church people who are vermin, I described it to Pam, and she sat there and she said, I might be able to do um, that in writing, in graphic form for you, for the blog. And I said, oh, wonderful. Well, she went away and said to God, I don't know how to do this in graphic illustration. Well, it was God leading her. And I had used the word vermin because I kept hearing the word vermin. It's not a word I've ever remember using before. And she had the leading from the Holy Spirit to look up vermin on this software that she has. And when she looked it up, she was really surprised because it showed all of these types of creepy things, snakes, ants, rats, all these types of things heading, crawling in the same direction. She came up with this graphic illustration of my open vision. I first saw it. I just burst out laughing. I couldn't quit laughing. And she said, well, then I guess you're telling me you approve. And I said, oh, yes. (laughs) It's exactly what I saw in the open vision. I want you to see this. It is really something. So go to our blog, Jesus Ministries Exhortations. Look on the right-hand side of the homepage, see podcasts, bring, tap on podcasts, bring up the podcast entitled Vision Given by God of Vermin in the Churches Today. You will see that illustration. It is shocking. Thank you for allowing me to speak with you today.